Welcome back to another episode of the Pug and Cop Boxing Show. This is Mike Coppinger alongside Lance Pugmire of The Athletic. We have a ton to get into today. We're going to be joined by special guest Devin Haney, one of the fastest rising stars in the sport, and he's going to discuss the title controversy with Teofimo Lopez, his future plans, and his pet monkey champ. And then we're also going to get into the aftermath of Conor McGregor's shocking loss to Dustin Poirier and how that shakes up Manny Pacquiao's future plans and much, much more. So if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, review. Everything helps. And also you can find us at theathletic.com slash cop. And now let's get started. Let's get ready to podcast! If you're going to go stick your head in the sand like that, get out of the sport. Mike Coppinger. Creating a huge mess. It's absurd. No, you're wrong. So, the only thing like cash grab. You need to turn up and you need to be on it. We just started going at it. You got to go eat. The Pug and Cop Boxing Show on The Athletic. Lance, first off, right off the bat, Conor McGregor, shocking second round knockout loss to Dustin Poirier, up in smoke. You have to think, goes that Manny Pacquiao fight that was being discussed for the summer in the Middle East. And where does Manny Pacquiao go from here now? We think maybe Ryan Garcia. We don't know. But Conor McGregor was certainly in the thick of it. What is your immediate reaction, Lance, to how this affects the boxing world? Well, look, I mean, Mike, let's be honest. I I don't know how the rest of you felt, but other than it just being like another novelty fight, I was not that excited about Conor McGregor boxing again. I mean, we've already seen it play out. He was dominated in that fight against Floyd Mayweather Jr. Maybe I'm like a little bit too reliant on the the purity of the sport and and not so captivated by the entertainment aspect of it. Obviously, this is something that's going on right now in the world of boxing where entertainment is trying to invade uh, the purity of sport and the, the, what we see in the ring usually. So look, the fact that McGregor is not going to be involved, that's fine. He's got business to tend to in the UFC, Mike. Obviously, he can't beat Dustin Poirier. He's uh, lost before to Nate Diaz, Khabib Nurmagomedov. So there's guys in the UFC that he needs to fight and prove himself again. Yes, he's a name. Yes, he's definitely a major draw. Yes, it would uh, bring a lot of money into the sport. But from the standpoint of who's going to win, uh, or not? I mean, there, there's no, there's no drama or doubt about a boxing match that would include Conor McGregor. So from my standpoint, it's like, okay, Conor, go back to the UFC. Let's see what you got. I mean, I thought, I don't know how you felt. I know you followed Conor's career as well, Mike. But I think the conversation that truly needs to take place about Conor right now is, where is this guy? I mean, is he done? I think this is like the the underlying um, outcome of that result that we saw on Saturday night. Yeah, Lance. I mean, I can't write Connor off just yet. He's what, 32 years old, but he certainly needs to find that fire again. And I think very few athletes, let alone fighters, can get away with not living the lifestyle of a fighter and then really perform at the highest level. He needs to be more active. He needs to be in the gym more. And you're right, from a boxing standpoint, it is a bit of a relief. No one wants to see Manny Pacquiao versus uh, Conor McGregor, at least anyone who takes boxing seriously. It just wouldn't even be competitive. But now, Lance, we open the door to maybe a Manny Pacquiao-Ryan Garcia fight, and there's a lot of going around. I reported that on Saturday night after the fight, and I had a lot of people thinking that it was on the heels of McGregor losing, but it wasn't. It was you know, being talked about for at least a couple of days before that, that I had heard mm-hmm. about it. And it just seems unclear now that if, you know we see people saying it's an exhibition. I initially heard that it was going to be an exhibition, then someone else told me, no, not true. It might not be. And I can say right now definitively, 
I love this fight, Ryan Garcia versus Manny Pacquiao, if it's an actual real fight. 12-round title fight for Pacquiao's welterweight title. Catchweight's fine with me, but a 12-round sanctioned title fight. If you're going to tell me this is some exhibition or whatever, I'm not interested. Pass. I totally agree, Mike. I mean, you know, there's so much at play. I mean, you, you, our listeners heard and you heard Ryan Garcia's heartfelt uh, response to when Manny Pacquiao reached out to him and said, you're next. And, you know, did he mean you're next? You're going to be the guy who the uh, boxing world is going to gravitate toward? Or did he mean you're next? You're my next opponent. And, you know, look, if he is the next opponent, Bring it on. I mean, we had this fight before. We had a fight like this before, Mike, where uh, Manny Pacquiao moved up in weight to take on Oscar De La Hoya. And it was definitely a passing of the torch moment that has been a great thing for the sport. And I think with Ryan Garcia and his grasp of what, you know, not only his boxing fans, but everyone else in the world who follows him, what they want to see. I mean, clearly a fight against Manny Pacquiao would be it. And you're, you're right. I mean, no reason for this to be an exhibition. This has to be a pure boxing match. Ryan has proven, you know, how real he is by getting off the canvas and winning that fight January 2nd against Luke Campbell. And let's see more of it. Let's see this legend and this coming legend. Yeah, Lance, boxing fans are not dumb. They understand the difference between a real sanctioned fight and an exhibition match. And I don't see this fight doing crazy numbers as an exhibition. As a real boxing match, absolutely. This could easily do a million buys. I think it's a real super fight. And to those who I've seen a lot of people say on Twitter, oh, I don't want to see this fight. I think Ryan gets killed. You know what? Even if Ryan Garcia does get knocked out, so what? He's uh, he's 22 years old. He'd be moving up two weight classes and fighting one of the living legends of the sport. I don't think it hurts him or harms his value at all to lose to a Manny Pacquiao in such fashion. So, and look, maybe Ryan wins. There's a lot of upside there. I think do the fight. Go heads heads all the way in. And even if you do it at a catchweight, Lance, I don't. that's fine with me. I don't mind catchweights. Pacquiao's not a big welterweight. Do it at right. 144, 143, Absolutely. 145. Yeah, you're right, Mike. And the thing is, is that you know, if you're if you're asking me to break down the fight, I don't immediately say like Manny Pacquiao wins this fight easy. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he's going to be almost two years removed from his last fight. That's a lot of downtime. This guy's 42 years old, um, f- fighting a guy who's 22, and we saw the electric hand speed of Ryan Garcia and his attention to you know uh, hammering the body. I think he can you know hang in there, and he he would have the opportunity to win, especially if Manny has slipped at all from you know, where he was and his commitment to the sport. Maybe in his mind, he's saying like, you know, the best thing for the sport is for Ryan Garcia to, to beat me. I'm not saying he would ever take a dive or lose intentionally, but you've got to have that, you've got to have that fire raging inside you. And Manny Pacquiao's heart, I believe at this point, is, is more locked into his public service work as a senator in the Philippines than it is remaining as a world champion boxer. Yeah, Pacquiao hasn't fought in two years now. I mean, it's a shame. If he's going to stay around and fight, I want to see him actually fight, even if it's once a year. But Pacquiao has last fought July 2019 against Keith Thurman. He looked fantastic in that fight, won the title. You're right, though. What, he's 42 now? And that's two, I mean, that's a lot. When you get to that that time, it's not like the jump between 22 and 24 or 24 and 26. You could fall off a cliff, especially with that kind of inactivity. So who knows where Pacquiao's at right now? I would love to see the fight. I hope it happens. If it doesn't happen, I hope we get Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis or somebody else of that ilk. But at this point, our hopes are up and we want to see a big fight, Lance. And now I think we're going to head over and welcome 
Devin Haney to the show, another guy who stands to maybe fight Ryan Garcia. I know he wants a crack at Ryan, and it's a fight Eddie Hearn really wants to make. It's an in-house, the zone fight. But let's see what Devin has to say. Devin, first off, I want to know what's going on with the monkey. Champ the monkey. Champ the monkey. He's just chilling, probably eating right now. He loves to eat, so he probably's at home chilling. Uh, I'm in LA. I've been doing some like a little press, little press run, mini press run. So um, he's just at home chilling. All right. Look, I have a dog. Lance knows him, Baxter. He's great, but I've never had a pet monkey. When did you know you wanted a pet monkey, and how do you go about getting one? I've been wanting a pet monkey for a while, and uh, like I knew a guy who sells like exotic animals, like tigers and. All type, all type of animals, and uh, I hit him up like probably like six, seven months ago, and I told him like I want one, I want one, and uh, he didn't have any at the time, and then he just hit me up recently like, yo, I, I I got a monkey for you, I'm like, cool, let's do it, and that's pretty much how that came into fruition. Is he gonna join you on the next ring walk? <laughs> gonna be carrying carrying the real WBC belt on his on on uh, my way out. <laughs> Let me ask you something, Devin, because I got in trouble with Tiafimo Lopez when I when I I guess dared to say that you were a champion, which I believe you are. They've given you a WBC belt. He gets all upset with me with that and says he's not the champion. You know, you should know better. Tell us why you are the champion of the world. Well, guys like you who really know boxing has been has been around a game. You know, the you know the truth, and that's what you know. Uh, that's really what matters. It, I don't really care what Tiafimo says or the casuals have to say. I care about what guys like you, uh, uh, Lance and, and and Mike, what you guys really, you know, care. And it's in reality, it's, it's the truth. You know, the, uh, I, uh, worked my way up and, uh, it happened how it happened. Of course, Loma, he did went the franchise route. That's how I got elevated to WBC champion. Everyone knows his story. Yeah. Uh, everybody deep down in, in, in their heart, Tiafimo knows the truth. And uh, when you're the undisputed champion, right, it's undisputed because no one can dispute you because you have all the belts and no one can dispute you being the champion, correct? Right. People are disputing it, correct? Absolutely. You can't be undisputed. (laughs) We'll be back right in a minute after we hear from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let me say this, uh, Devin, there's so much buzz about the four of you guys, especially around the lightweight um, class. Who do you expect to fight next and why? And, and is there any negotiations in place right now? Uh, there's a lot of big fights. Um, you know, um, the fight that I would love is with Teal for all the belts, of course. But I would love a fight with Ryan. I would love a fight with Tank. Uh, any one of those guys you know, would, would be a great fight. We will each be each other's biggest fights, which however you, however you mix it, however you match it, we will all be each other's biggest fight. So it doesn't matter which one, as long as I can get uh, any one of them in the ring with me. Yeah. I, I think that the question that I had on this is, you know, we, what we're going to hear as soon as these fights are starting to be made is that styles make fights. Who's the better guy, you know, in this given matchup. 
Do you think that your style presents a, a test for all of these guys? I mean, talk about your style and why you see it basically being able to carry you through all of these fighters, all these fights. Tell, you tell you tell me this. Uh, they're comparing us to you know the four kings back in you know a great era in boxing with Sugar Ray, Roberto Duran, Marvin Hagler, and uh, Tommy Hearns, right? Only reason why I'm asking you this question because I've been asked this question a few times lately, and they they always ask me who who would I say I have my style emulates the most out of those guys. Who do you think? Ooh, I you know what I'm actually gonna say Sugar Ray Leonard. I believe, in my opinion, said the same thing. I think the same thing. Uh, I just think that my style is more like uh, I could do it all. I could box. I can bang. I ring generalship. Ring IQ. I just think that I have more more in my toolbox, more in my arsenal than all those other guys. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt you're one of the best talents in the world. And like you said, you might end up as the pound for pound king one day. I know you know that you are. And I want to clarify something for the listeners. Regardless of what people think about this whole title situation, you never asked for any of this. You wanted Lomachenko. They wouldn't give him to you. And hey, even if you're not the champion in everyone's minds, I know you're getting paid championship money with those guarantees in your contract. That, that definitely am getting, you know, paid well, but that's not, um, of course it's important, but it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to only earn money. Of course, you know, I want to earn money to, you know, take care, you know, me, my family and my loved ones, but I want belts that, you know, and, and um, if I just made a ton of money today and I never earned, I never, you know, won another belt, I would be upset. I would be, I would be mad. So I'm, I'm in this game to win belts and to go to three books. Yeah, and of course, that's what we all want to hear. And that's why we really need these fights to happen, these four fights. Um, first of all, four fighters, you know, boxing always has a problem getting these fights done. How confident are you that when it's all said and done, you're going to fight all three of those guys? I want to say all three um, because I just don't think that it's possible for uh, us, me to fight all three. I think, you know, at least, you know, some of them are going to lose. And it's just the way that it plays out that I don't think that we're all going to be able to fight each other. But if, if I do fight all three, then it would be great. It would be great for, for my legacy and for the fans. And, you know, um, Tiafimo at this point, he has the victory over Lomachenko, obviously. Ryan Garcia just fought a step-up fight against Luke Campbell. Uh, a fight I heard that could be possible for you, which would interest me, is Javier Fortuna. He's a tough guy. That's a, a good step-up fight. Uh, what do you think? What's the step-up fight for you, if not one of those three guys? Yeah, I think that it's a good fight for me. Uh, but my main focus is to fight, you know, one of those other three guys, um, you know, to make a huge fight. Of course, if I can't get those guys, I'll get the next in line, which is Javier Fortuna or a guy like Jorge Linares. You know, I will just keep going down the ladder and see who I can get the, the next available guy like I've been doing. And that's why people don't understand that. That's what I've been doing. I've just been getting the, the best available guy. The, the, the top guys keep ducking me. So I'm going to get the next guy that's, that's available, the next best guy that's available. So that's, you know, that's just this, it's going to be the same process, you know, with, with my next fight. You have a wealth of experience uh, from the amateur days going against Ryan Garcia. What did you take from those meetings and why in your mind are you clearly the better fighter? Like I'm the best fighter in the world. It's it's not about what happened in the amateurs or you could say what happened in sparring, what happened in the amateurs, but when you get under those lights and in front of those fans when it really matters and it counts, that's just that's where you have to show up. Yeah, and I, I you know, honestly I think that you'd be a damn fool 
if you were to say like, hey, I beat this guy in the amateurs, that's it, I know that I'm a better fighter. You have to take note of the advancements that Ryan Garcia is making, you know, not only with uh, working with Eddie Reynoso, but some of the things that we're seeing in his boxing. How impressed were you with his January 2nd performance? I wouldn't say I was that impressed because I just felt like he was going to just blow Luke Campbell out the water. I said it for the fight. I didn't think that it would be any type of competition. So when he got dropped, it actually surprised me. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was too impressed, but I was impressed with the heart and the grit that he showed when he got up from the knockdown and he showed that he could come back strong. That's what surprised me more than his performance. Yeah, I think it was great for his development to get that out of the way now, to get the knockdown, take a, f a big flush left hook right through his chin, um, showed a lot of uh, heart there. Devin, what do you think is going to be the key to really becoming the star you want to? You know, we see a lot of guys in boxing that are talented, even a Canelo Alvarez, but so few fighters break through the way Mayweather and Pacquiao did. How, how are you going to be able to, guy, be able to break through? I mean, I feel like me being 22 years old and where I'm at in my career right now is just showing, you know, the the process, showing, you know, where, where I'm projected to go. I just got to keep doing what I'm doing and uh, sky's the limit. Yeah, I remember being at Mayweather Boxing Club. I think it was the week of his fight with McGregor or a couple months before that. And I started hearing about you. Like, oh, have you heard about this Devin Haney kid? I think you were 17 at the time. And I, I had heard your name before, but I didn't quite know who you were. And then I remember checking your Instagram and I was like, whoa, this kid has like, I don't know. I think maybe you had like 150,000 followers at the time, which was a lot. Now you're at what? Approaching a million. So almost at a million. Right. And so I, I think that gets lost in the shuffle. We always hear about Ryan Garcia and Gervonta Davis is following. You have a big following too. And I, I, I was so impressed with the way Mayweather resonated with like, you know, rappers and the hip hop community. And I, I've, I haven't seen many other fighters do that. I think Gervonta's done it a little bit, but it seems like you're really resonating with a lot of people. Yeah, um, like I said, that's just, you know, the, uh, a part of the process and, you know, so, uh, another marketing tool that's, you know, making you know, Devin Haney into the star that he will be. Mike, I think I remember that trip with you into the Mayweather gym and it was like an evening visit. And you know what I was impressed, yeah. what I was amazed by, if I remember this right, is that there was guys like Errol Spence Jr. I think Gervonta may have been in there, uh, one of the heavyweights, maybe Big Baby. But a who's who of boxers, including Devin in there with Floyd that same night. Devin, from your perspective, being around all that type of talent, how much does that rub off and make a difference in regards to you as a fighter? I mean, of course it, it rubs off, but honestly, I just feel like where I could have been somewhere in Alaska and I would still be here. <laughs> I just felt like I was born to do this. I was born to be here. Uh, so, I mean, of course I'm thankful for the the people that helped me get here and the, you know, me being around such great and everything, but I just feel like I was born. To be here. It's a, uh, Mike, you brought, brought up a good point about your social media popularity. And I think, you know, we hear this from different fighters about what's okay and what's not okay about balancing your success and flaunting your success. Obviously you make those uh, appearances on there. I saw you the other day. I was like, dude, get off that Rolls Royce when you're dancing, man, you're going to put a dent in that thing. But how do you balance those two things of saying, you know, like, hey, I have to have a social media presence so my fans know who I am versus, you know, the hard work that you do in, in the training and the gym where, you know, it's really just kind of like sweat and balls in there. Well, I feel like social media and like the new millennials helped me get to get to work out because I was a guy who went to the Olympics. I turned pro. I didn't like 
of course, I had a good amateur background, but I wasn't a guy like Shakur Stevenson or, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard or, you know, people who went to the Olympics and medal in the Olympics. I, I can't turn pro in Mexico and at the age of 17 and I, and I made it here, you know, using social media, using YouTube, using these type of things, doing these interviews and um, putting in a hard work. And of course, like you said, you know, it's, it's, you just have a, gotta have a balance of, you know, hard work, knowing, knowing the difference from, you know, being flashy and, you know, uh, staying focused at, at the same time. And I just feel like I have the perfect balance. And I, I can say that I learned that from Floyd. Up from Floyd. You know, when we look at Eddie Hearn's uh, entrance into the U.S., all that money with the zone, he was trying to make a big splash. And by, you're by far his biggest American fighter. He has yeah. a lot riding on you. Do you feel responsibility there to kind of deliver for Eddie as well? Um, of course, you know, I want to go in there and I want to make, you know, Hearn look good. And I want him to know that, you know, he invested into the the right man that, you know, I'm, I'm worth it. So every fight, of course, I want to go in there and show and prove to Eddie Hearn that, you know, he chose the, he chose the right one. So how is that going so far? I know you're talking, I know you talk to Eddie a lot. You guys have a good relationship. When do you think we might be able to see you back in the ring? Oh, we're, lo we're looking to get back in the ring April 3rd. That's, that's my oh. date. No, who yet, but April 3rd, April 3rd is my date. Any idea where? Uh, no, no idea where. Hopefully, hopefully we can do it in like Vegas. I want to fight in Vegas. That'd be perfect. Uh, speaking of Floyd, Devin, I wanted to ask you about, you know, Floyd and Logan Paul. What's your what's your take on that going down? I like Logan. I like Jake. I like the the uh, all brothers. Um, I think they're you know great. They're doing great. Um, they I feel like they they brought they brought more attention into boxing. No matter like whether we like it or not. Of course we we I do feel like I do feel like. Um, I understand what boxers say, oh, well, I'm a boxer. I've been working my whole life to, to get here and the Paul brothers just come out of nowhere. But at the end of the day, they're using their platform and they're doing good for boxing because they're bringing more people into boxing. People actually are starting to want to see them fight. Well, at least uh, Jake, they, they want they want to see him fight. So um, I think that is good. I, I, I like him. But of course, when you go against a pound for pound, great. You go against you know one of the greatest fighters to ever live. There's no chance. Absolutely. So you've got to expect that Floyd will, uh, like he did with Connor in those early rounds, just kind of like go a little bit slow motion, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think Floyd was going to go in there and just try to just take him out early. Like he did the one guy, Asian guy. And, um, oh, yeah, I don't know where they, he was crying. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Dude was crying. <laughs> um, Devin, uh, lastly, before we let you go, if you had to rank the lightweights right now, besides yourself, of course, who's number one, who's number two, and who's number three, and who might be the guy no one's thinking about? I've been I've been answering this question a lot lately, and then I had to think about it yesterday. Like, I could rank them, and you guys could go right, head rise, and go talk about it. But at the end of the day, styles make fights, and just because I say, oh. Uh, Tfimo's this. That doesn't mean that Ryan Garcia can't beat him, or Tank can't beat him, or I say Ryan Garcia is number one, and that doesn't mean that Tfimo or, or Tank can't beat him. Because Styles make fights. We all gotta just mix it up and give the fans what they want to see, and you know, let the let the world know who the real king is, who's the king of the division. Good answer. Rankings don't mean anything. You're right. Yeah, I mean, and and that's why 
even even when they say pound for pound rankings, people these are made up rankings. Like, oh, no disrespect to Ring Magazine or you know wh- whoever. Even even your rankings, you do like don't you do rankings right? Like oh. Mm-hmm. Like you, you do rankings. At the end of the day, they're all opinionated. They're all like, uh, it's all your opinion. It's no nobody really knows who's the real pound for pound king. Every ESPN has theirs, Design has theirs, everybody has theirs. So they really don't mean nothing. So no, nah, it is. It's all for fun. Yeah, it's all. No, thanks a lot, Devin. Really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, we agree with you. You know, next time I want to meet the monkey, meet Champ the monkey. Next time, I want to see hey. him go to work. You in LA? I'm in LA. I hit you up in the DM. All right, hit me up, man. <laughs> Gotta meet him. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate it, Devin. All right, Lance. Let's take a real quick pause here as we hear from one of our sponsors. Thanks again, Devin, for joining us. Really appreciate the time, and we look forward to seeing you fight in April. And if you haven't already, you can follow Devin Haney on both Twitter and Instagram, where he is prolific at Real Devin Haney. All right, Lance. Devin Haney, look, this guy talks the talk. He's a great talker. He has a great look. I think he's getting pretty big with boxing fans. He just needs that fight now. If you could choose between Javier Fortuna and Jorge Linares, what's your pick? Mm, You know, I'd rather him fight Jorge Linares, honestly. I think it's a bigger name. Uh, It's a veteran guy that would test Haney and maybe in some ways that he, he may not be comfortable in. I'd like to see that. I mean, I think when whenever a younger fighter is dealing with an older opponent who still has some skill remaining, there's some tricks of the trade that can be uh, spiced in there that make for an interesting battle. And I think like young fighters need those tests, you know, to develop. I was really impressed by what uh, Haney had to say, especially when he said that he, uh, you know, out of all the guys, who do, who could he be compared to? And he does think of himself as a Sugar Ray Leonard. What, do you, what did you think of that, Mike? Yeah, I think Devin has everything you need, all the ingredients to be an actual star and cross over. I just think he needs to now get those fights and get them soon. No time to wait and no reason to wait. So, Again, if it's going to be Javier Fortuna, I'm cool with that. Jorge Linares, yeah. cool with that as well. If not someone bigger, but the, the New York is Gamboa's and everything. He's past that and mm-hmm. it doesn't help him move along. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Devin Haney is definitely, you know, this division is so alive and so on fire. But as we've said before, you know, these guys just need to fight each other. And, and maybe it'll, you know, if something falls through with the Ryan Garcia Pacquiao thing, maybe it's going to be Ryan Garcia. The, the, the fact that b- both of these guys are on the zone, it makes all the sense in the world. And I, they've got this amateur history between them. Um, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. So Devin Haney's right, I think right where he needs to be. He just needs those, those chips to fall into place, uh, so to speak. Uh, yeah. let me ask uh, you this, Lance, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of fights that we need to see happen, you know, it's this, it's disheartening to me that, you know, we over, over here at PBC, we have a really great fight in-house, no less, that can happen, and it's not happening. And that's Caleb Plant against David Benavidez. Plant's fighting this Saturday against Caleb Truax on Fox, and that seems to be a walkover type title defense. And then I just reported uh, earlier today that David Benavidez is going to be headlining March 13th on Showtime against Ronald Ellis. So... I almost forgot his name. See, Ronald Ellis. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't get me excited. And I think, look, Benavidez is a great talent. He's a great fighter. Plant's a great fighter. I don't see any reason to keep this fight marinating, so to speak. Like, why not make this fight? 
Yeah, you know, it's really tough, Mike. I mean, right before we started recording today, I, I got an email from Fox, and they were so excited that 53 million people watched their uh, watched the NFL game that was on Sunday. And yet, you know, here we are coming back the following weekend. Boxing has an opportunity to follow that. And they've got Caleb, a plant against Caleb Truax in just such a mismatch. And you're absolutely right. It's like, you know, boxing has this forum to shine and it's not shining the way it should. I mean, there's no reason for other Caleb Plant and David Benavides to not be fighting, especially next. And I know, you know, Caleb Plant has done several interviews over the past week where he's saying, like, I'm going to get Canelo and I know that I'm going to get Canelo, but that's not going to happen until later in the year. You know, so what are you going to do? Are you going to take another soft touch fight so you can maybe get to that uh, fight? When instead, you know, take on Benavides and let's, from PBC's standpoint, if I'm the person that's running PBC, I'm saying, hey, I want, I want to see these two guys get in the ring. This is going to be a hell of a bout uh, with contrasting styles. You got Benavides power against the, the sweet hands of Caleb Plant. And, you know, let this, let this drama play out. And then the winner of that fight is huge for a, a possible showdown with Canelo. So, you know, it's head scratching at times, Mike. And honestly, as, as someone who covers a sport, you know, and you you like to see the sport put its best foot forward. Caleb Plant versus Caleb Troax is not it. Yeah, it doesn't move the needle. And you're right; it makes total sense for PBC. For it, it just helps them out. If you do Benavidez versus Plant in the spring on Fox, it does a huge rating. It increases the profile of both guys tenfold, and then the winner can fight Canelo. And then guess what? That winner is now in line to make a lot more money at the negotiating table. He could say, hey, look, I just had a big win. I just had a big fight on Fox. Um, instead, you know, it seems like Caleb Plant's going to wait around and hope that he gets Canelo in September and doesn't risk it. But Al Heyman has both guys. I don't really get this. And, um, you know, this, this happens too much. And But that's the thing. We keep hearing, oh, the politics of the sport, the politics of the sport. We're not even getting the best in-house fights possible. And it's not <laughs> right. just PBC, obviously. I can yeah. point to, you know, you can point to top rank, you can point to match room, it's everyone. But PBC right now is under the microscope, I think, because these Fox fights have been underwhelming. Yeah, no doubt about it, Mike. And like you said, I mean, the Benavides fight, am, am I mistaken? That's going to be on Fox as well? Is that what you said? That's going to be on Showtime. Okay, that's fine. But the, you know, there's, I, I've asked them for some other fights. Like, what else can we be excited about on your network? You know, and it's like, you, you, we're waiting on critic, crickets, you know, because it's like, where are these fights that should be on national television to allow this the sport to shine? You just hope that it's uh, going to happen sooner rather than later. As we look back on last weekend, Mike, I mean, there was actually a very good fight with Stephen Fulton and Angelo Leo uh, fighting for the Super Bantamweight title um, in uh, Connecticut with Stephen Fulton winning a, uh, a pretty wide decision. I think it was a lot wider than some people had it, a, a very good fight. But Stephen Fulton, um, you know, gave a strong account of himself. And that division is really, I mean, very much uh, so deep and talented right now. It's really exciting to, to think about everything that's uh, going on in the 122-pound division. Who do you think is the best right now as we talk? The best at 122 pounds? I mean, it depends. Are we counting the lineal champ, Guillermo Rigondeau? If we are, <laughs> oh, he's the best. But if not, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a great division. I mean, we have Luis Neri is going to be fighting Brandon Figueroa um, in the next couple of months. And I think the winner of that fight should fight Stephen Fulton. I think that's an easy yeah. fight to make. All those guys are with PBC. So 
you know, Neri is probably going to be a favorite in that fight. I think Neri might be the best 122 pounder, but Fulton looked damn good. I was really impressed with his inside fighting. This is a guy that usually boxes on the outside threw over a thousand punches, exciting fight. So, um, you know, I want to see Leo back again too. Leo, Leo against yeah. Brandon Figueroa is a great fight. You could, you could do a great double header. You could do Neri Figueroa, assuming Neri wins. Sorry. You could do Neri, assuming he beats Figueroa against Stephen Fulton. And then in the yeah. co-feature, you could do Angelo Leo against Brandon Figueroa. I mean, that's a great double header right there. Put that on Fox. No doubt about it. And then, you know, you, you've got the two belt champion in the division with MJ Akhmadalov, you know, who's, uh, kind of flying below the radar because not a lot of people have seen this guy fight from Uzbekistan. Um, but he's well, such also a inactivity, inactivity yeah. Lance. Exactly. Inactivity. Like, and then the, there's also the possibility, Mike, and uh, I know you think so highly of this guy in the pound for pound talk, but Anaya in a way could possibly move up to this division too. Can you imagine what that does to 122 pounds? I mean, this thing is, it's just going to be so good. Uh, all, all of 2021 is going to be incredible action in this division, I believe. Yeah. And way, he's going to have to move up to 22 or have somebody move up from 15 if he's going to get a big fight. I mean, there's no one for him right now at 18. And it's a shame. I, I don't want to see him go to waste. Yeah, it'll probably come down to, you know, the difficulty of cross-promotion with him being there. I noticed that Fulton said when when his name was brought up at the post-fight news conference, Fulton said, well, I'm kind of big for this division. So, so you know, look, uh, stay in no there. No one wants the monster. Dude, get in there, take the fight. Let's see what happens. May the best man win and move on. If you lose to, if you lose to Inouye, who is ranked number two, two in our pound-for-pound pound rankings, it's no slight on your name or the quality of your talent at all. It's too bad, Lance. If this was a few years ago, I would say let's get the monster versus Rigo. But I'm not. I, I can't do that to Rigo now. He's like got to be forty at this point, and it's too bad. He actually Ship said he sailed. wants him. He wants him. He said, you know, which is yeah. <sighs> I, I don't. I don't want to see. I don't want to see it happen to him. Yeah. And Lance, we have one more show coming up, right? Yeah, on Friday, Mike. It's actually it's uh, it's been more than five years, but the return of a Dong King promoted card is going to be happening at the Seminole uh, Hard Rock Casino in Florida. And I spoke to Don King uh, yesterday, and this guy was his his old self, Mike. I and mean, he's so excited about being able to do his own show. He's got, you know, he's had a ton of drama on this show. He was trying to get a, a fighter, uh, uh, the former Manuel Char or Mahmoud Char. Um, could not get it over here from Germany. So his involvement in that card has been canceled. Then he had another former world champion, Beibut Shumanov, who suffered an injury basically to both arms. So King had to pull him out. So King has had to scramble. You know, it's basically going to be headlined. The biggest uh, fighter on that card is going to be uh, a heavyweight, former heavyweight champion, Bermain Stavern, who may not do a lot for you. But King is uh, just happy to be back. He's going to um, uh, put this on his, uh, I think it's donking.com. He's going to stream it. He's going to have three classic fights on there, including Jerry Cooney, Larry Holmes, um, Frankie Randall, and Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. And then the other fight is uh, Oscar De La Hoya against Felix Trinidad. And just his comeback and his vibrancy and his love of the sport, Mike, is definitely, uh, uh, you know, makes it a worthwhile um uh, experience. So at least this guy's back and we'll see where he goes from here because I understood King made reference to, he's got a coming uh, network deal that he's going to announce soon. So look, boxing is full of personalities and to have Don King back in the mix, I think is something to celebrate. You know, that's our show for today. 
We thank everyone for joining us and we'll catch you next time here on the Pugging Cop Boxing Show. And remember, if you're not subscribed already, you can do so at theathletic.com slash Pugging Cop.